And so it begins. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Project Artcast. On mic today, we have the South Omaha male multimedia mercenary, Mike Machian. Ready to tell us about what makes him tick. I think you just need to do a mic drop after getting that out finally. If it wasn't attached to a stick, I would. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just shove the mic stand down. Flip a table. So, Mike. Yes. Machian. Yes. We are going to go by last names this episode a little bit more due to the fact that there is an exorbitantly there's large a, amount of mics. There's multiple male mics. On mic today. Indeed. So, Mr. Machian, please tell yes. us about what uh, what ha- made you become the photo guy that you are. Photo video guy. Photo video guy. <clears throat> don't just, forget the video. It just always, I don't know, seemed like what I was supposed to do. Like, I was always drawn to it. I never thought, oh, well, that's something I can actually do until a friend and I just started doing a public access show and we actually started doing it. And it was easier and funner than we thought and also harder than we thought. If that makes sense. Indeed. And it just kind of is, if you enjoy it, you'll keep doing it. And eventually you'll hopefully get better. It took a little while for me to to reach that get better part, but I hit it eventually. And do people come to you for their media needs or did you just start showing up places? Started showing up places. Like, um, actually the kind of how I got my huge start was a case of mistaken identity and not the way everybody's thinking, because, yeah, I'm, I am an identical twin, but I was mistaken with somebody like three inches shorter than me, four inches shorter than me. Uh, I'd worked on a, a short film with um, somebody who with two with one of my best friends and somebody else, and both of them did the first Omaha Fashion Week. And then they wanted a camera, just a video camera to set up, to tape the auditions, just so they could reference it later. And so the one person who was supposed to do it couldn't do it, who worked on that film, was like, oh, well... I worked with you on that first Omaha Fashion Week, which you didn't. He worked with my best friend, Rob, who infamously got on the runway with the models and his camera. But that's another art cast. <laughs> and so they said, okay, well, you can you show up and do this. I'm like, yeah, okay, I wasn't at the first Fashion Week, but I'll still do it. And they just wanted me to set up a camera and just sit there and record. I'm like, well, that's boring. Let me do some interviews. Let me do this. Let me come to the next one. Then I'm like, well, let me come and do something every night. And they're like, okay. Just kept asking more and more, and I kept doing it. And I, the next year, I think, I just shot stills because they couldn't, we couldn't get together on doing a video, and then I could, the next year I just kind of followed one designer around, and then people after after a while started like hiring me and paying me to do it. So yeah, basically I just kept showing up and and doing it, yeah, and getting noticed. And then like <clears throat> one year when I got hired by a couple people, I would do this thing where I would go every night and do like a summary video that night. So you know, get up for work at six, be at work at seven get work eight hours, come home, sleep for half hour, eat, go do fashion week, edit a video, get it up by like midnight or one, depending on how late the night was done, and then get up at six the next morning and do it all over. And that sucked, but it got noticed. Like everybody was seeing my first videos that were not shot on a smartphone were mine that they saw. (laughs) Made an impression. And that has grown into many other events that you are commissioned Uh, Yeah, this last one, um, I was actually the house video which basically i did the same thing i always do except they had me shooting everybody and then hopefully everybody would buy my stuff afterwards which so far hasn't happened but enough people have bought it to make it worthwhile and it gets kind of boring when you have to sit there on the stage and shoot just a straight runway shot the whole time but getting paid kind of cancels out the boredom Mm -hmm. 
So are you now a paid participant in? Sort of. I'm still freelance, even though I'm quote unquote house video. I'm still, they only pay me if a designer wants to hire me, but they gave my information and pricing to all the designers. It's a mostly volunteer organization and that's how the house photo staff works, I believe too. So, so you work your ass off, but you get great exposure basically. That's kind of how the media world works. Everybody kind of wants to come in and pay what they think this should be worth. Cause I'm, I'm worth more than I charge, but I know a lot of designers. They can't, they can't pay that. They, they have a job and they're not making money on fashioning most of them. So I have to kind of split the difference by saying that makes it worth my while and something they can afford. And, you know, we, I could, I could definitely do a much better video, but I would have to charge two or three times as much. So it's fine in a balance. So are you editing the videos that you're shooting also, or are yes. you turning that over to somebody else? No, no, no. I'm doing that all myself. Because editing it in and of itself is an art that, form. Just... Yes. And that's kind of been <clears throat> with, with doing all this on top of just lots of overtime at day job. It's kind of been kicking my butt this last couple months. Do you think you could kick that habit anytime soon? The day job habit? Yeah. I wouldn't call it a habit, but I hope so. <laughs> to, to everyone who I work with at day job, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also find time to take your personal yeah, shots. Yeah, occasionally. And but I mean, and... like like the, the Doors show I was in, um, all of those shots were kind of done. Like there's stuff I wanted to shoot, two of them anyway. But they were all, I was, had my camera there for other reasons. Like the one was a hallway at day job. Well, I had to bring my camera to work for whatever reason. I don't even remember why. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take a picture. The one picture in an alley, like I just got done shooting a lot of interviews for Raw. And it was packing up my car. And that doorway was across the street from my car, across the alley from my car. And I took a picture. And the other one, we were doing location scouting for something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm definitely bringing my camera to this. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you do. You just, sometimes you just take your camera wherever you go and. Be see ready. A shot, yep, and then you take it. Yeah. I'm always frustrated when I see something awesome and I have no camera. And, and if you wait, it's going to get torn down or someone's going to beat you to it. Yeah. I've had to, I've had that happen a lot this summer. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a sunset or something that's amazing and you're just like, wow, oh, no camera. What am I going to use my cell phone? I mean, I yeah. have, but it's not the same. No, no. <laughs> and, and, and to everybody listening out there who uses a cell phone at a at a concert, don't <laughs> just stop it especially if it's not a really small venue where you're really close to them don't hey i've done that but you know i usually heavily modify the image <laughs> but i want yeah. to capture this moment that's right instead of watching the show instead of watching the show I'll watch the show through I've a three inch screen <laughs> i've had that happen at fashion week where especially at the children's night people want to take pictures and they'll take a tablet like an ipad because they think it's bigger than an iphone and it has a better camera no not by a long shot so we've had our shots blocked by parents holding a giant tablet in front of our camera awesome yes that happens everywhere even like in the woods i'm out trying to take a picture of something and someone comes up and i don't realize that ipads are cameras it just doesn't click in my brain because it's and illogical so I'm, right i'm walking in front of them and i realize oh they're trying to take a picture with an ipad like yeah use the iphone in your pocket it's much better <laughs> and, so I and you look slightly less but stupid you can, an asshole you can you're watch still an show. asshole for taking right. a picture with an iphone but slightly less of one so so then getting back to your photography for a second do you um so it sounds to me like you don't necessarily 
set up your shots, that most of your shots are very spontaneous? Most I mean, of the you, time, or I'll see something and come back the next day and take a picture or make it a point to get out there again and take a picture. But I mean, I'd just be driving along, pop, if I have my camera with me, I'll pop out and take a picture. I'm trying to get into more planned stuff because I have these ideas, but planned stuff takes time mm -hmm. and usually somebody else. Well, I've seen a lot of photographers that they'll have a, have a, a setting or, or something that they want to shoot and they'll take multiple pictures of that from different angles or different exposures or different settings and then pick the best one out of those. Do you do something? Do you do that? Or do I you do will just to like, an extent because I try and I'm done. No, it's not clicking. I'm usually it's not that sometimes it's kind of like, you know, this is the best angle. You know that it's going to be the best, but sometimes you take different settings, different angles, because you never know what it's going to look like on your computer later. And I try to resist putting up a bunch of variations on a theme because that's kind of a lesson my brother is a photographer kind of really like tries to instill in people putting up 20 pictures that are kind of the same thing or, or variations on it because um, I t like to illustrate a couple points that the art silos off the interstate by where I live that got torn down I wanted to take pictures of all of those when I knew they were going to get torn down I kept waiting and waiting and I went when they were basically tore all but three of them down so I got a picture of three of them with my good camera and I took a lot of good pictures, but I'm like, uh, one of them just kind of summed it up best. And I'm like, I can't do any better than that. I might edit more later if there's, you know, a need for it anywhere, but. Right. Yeah, you don't need mm. 20 pictures of the same subject. Or if, really. I, if I shot at an event, I'll, if people notice, I'll kind of put up three at a time sometimes because Facebook makes shows about three or four at a time. So people will see those. And then a couple hours later, I'll put up more and it shows up a separate post people see more pictures where they would have just ignored them before. Yeah. But have you noticed that maybe what your favorite image is, is not someone else's favorite image? Oh and yeah. I've that's why it's good to have a variation of a theme. Sometimes. Yeah. Or things that I'm like, eh, that's no big deal. And it just gets such a huge reaction. It, or people will take a picture and the caption, I think, I think it's the most inspirational thing ever. And I'm like, no, I was trying to be really depressing, but I don't <laughs> explain it to people. Cause I'm like, it could be what it needs to be to people unless they're like, unless there's a deliberate point I'm trying to making that people are missing. I'll just kind of let it go and let it be what it needs to be. So is that important to you? Uh, having your audience know what you were thinking in the shot or, um, not always. If it is, I'll kind of put it in the caption <coughs> or if it, it's context to the story at all behind the picture. Right. And on your when you do shots at like bar nights where you're 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 in the crowd and you're and you're shooting this, people. This house of loom is this, pretty much the yes. only bar I shoot at. <laughs> True. And so I mean I'm not you, Omaha nightlife. No. Are you trying to when you the ones that you choose to post, do you think those are the ones that tell a bigger story? Or are they just um, aesthetically the ones you like the best? Kind of both. Because a lot of times I try to I've kind of realized lately I'm really good at because I, I take a lot of pictures. Not all of them go up on my own Facebook page, but all of them will go on Loom's mm -hmm. Facebook page because if they're people I don't know and it's just kind of a boring picture that they want, boring picture to me that right. they want, I'll let them have it, but I won't post it. But like to capture a moment kind of, you know, of people just having fun that looks artistic or it kind of sums up what they're feeling that night mm -hmm. or what was going on that night. And there's a lot of different things going on there. So you get a lot of different oh, aesthetics, just the, the whole... And I try to... Uh, with every major event I shoot, I try to get one picture up 
that night before I go to sleep. And, you know, if it's loom where I may not get out of there till 2-ish, 2.15, that can be kind of hard, especially if it was like a Friday night and I got up at 6 or 5. But I try to get one up that night. Mm -hmm. And so, because that's another thing I learned with Fashion Week. There's being best and there's being first. Ideally, you want to be both. Mm -hmm. But sometimes being first does count for something. Now, are there other people that, I know that there's other people that shoot there for events, but are there other people that officially shoot there or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's there's two of us that they use a lot, and then a couple other ones that kind of fill in when we can't do okay. it. Okay, and so are you kind of in competition? <laughs> no, or he's, is, he's, it's he's all... a friend. Well, kind of like a, a friendly competition. Sort of like if I see something he does that I like, you know, and I don't know if he does the same with me. I'll try to you know copy it or, or do better than it, mm-hmm. and, you know. But I mean, I've kind of learned how to shoot that place from watching him. I've never told him that, right? And I, I probably need to. <laughs> but my pictures got a lot better when I, I kind of saw what he was doing, and I'm like, oh, I should try that, mm-hmm. and it got a lot better. Well, I know back in the day, I used to see a lot more names credited on photographs than I see now. Well, and like me and the other guy, Eric, are kind of we took over after some issues with previous photographers that we don't need to go into <laughs> on Mike. And uh, we both love doing it, and we're both usually available, and they love what we do, and mm-hmm. we're friends. Because, I mean, we don't, we don't get paid a lot, but we just, we're friends with everybody down there. We have a blast, and I go down there all the time anyway when I'm not working. So, you're, you're familiar, and, and, and everybody's I test, comfortable. And, and I'll kind of test out new things, mm-hmm. like, because I'm sort of like, well, I can, I can experiment, because it's not like... They're paying me a lot, and I know I can get enough of what I need. I, if I want to try something new, you're you're already in. I'm already so, yeah. in, yeah. <laughs> and and it can get a little boring sometimes shooting the same kind of thing over yeah. and over. So you try to push yourself, and that's good. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. From an outside perspective, it seems like it would get incredibly redundant, regardless of what kind of party they're throwing. That what's going on is still pretty similar. Depending on what, but they're just dressed differently times, and the music's yeah. different. Um, but I mean, sometimes they'll do actual like spoken word or mm-hmm. break dancing or uh, drag shows, mm-hmm. kind of mini drag shows and stuff. I mean, it, they kind of keep vary it up enough and I try to vary up what, how I approach mm-hmm. it. I'm trying to push them back because I kind of started doing videos there. And then like literally almost a year ago, um, they're like, well, we need you for photos. Can you do photos? And I'm like, I don't really do that. It's like, I just do it anyway. And I started and then like... That's kind of how I learned mm-hmm. how to shoot events really well was just doing that yeah. all the time. Yeah. Do you have what are your greater expectations of of what you're going how of what you do? How do you plan on taking this? Where do I want to end up? Yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Yeah. Alive. <laughs> That's my brother's joke from grade school. <laughs> by the way, um, this is a question we always or is this cool? ask I mean, in the raw interviews? I mean, is it like, cool the way you? <laughs> Um, no, it's, well, I, I don't want to work at day job anymore. Right. I would like to do kind of more of my own stuff, video and photo wise. But I kind of think for me personally, and this isn't, I don't think this applies to everybody, to grow, you kind of need to do commission stuff, work for other people, get out of your comfort zone Absolutely. and shoot things. And are you thinking Definitely. like, like short film type videos? Yeah. Yeah. Getting um, back documentary into that. Type. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, when is this air? End of October. So we would have already missed my showing at Film Streams on October 16th for about like a week. I have something there, which is kind of... Uh, we can talk about it in past we can, tense. We can talk about it in past tense, how mm-hmm. how great it was, how they all, the what crowd a, carried me out on everything. their shoulders. Incredible. I so got laid that night. <laughs> yeah. 
just the all these things of, will happen. <laughs> all the amount of, of celebrities things. that yes. showed up just specifically to see Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, um, yeah, he was there. I love that guy, <laughs> Gilbert. Uh, John Stamos. <laughs> Nick Nolte, who's from Nebraska, by the way. Right. Oh, man. I knew that. Are you friends with Nick? You should have brought Acquaintances. Him the, you brought Acquaintances. Him the along with Kim Massinger. <laughs> Inside joke alert. So what was your short film about then? Um, Rosenblatt. It was kind of... I've done two things on Rosenblatt before. One of them, the major one was I did something on the final season, which was, I think... One of the last, or the last thing I showed at Omaha Film Festival a couple of years ago, and then I had all this footage from, this is everything kind of from when they let us in that last weekend to where they tore it down to the park, or the the little little tiny park in the parking lot that exists there now. It's kind of everything up to that point. It's not a documentary. It's kind of a cross between that and a music video, because I had all this stuff hanging around for years, and I was just kind of struggling to find the proper, to find the time and the proper format for all of it mm-hmm. and on the other hand i had this really great piece of music that a friend did that i really wanted to find something for too and it's kind of in the back of my head i thought well maybe they could work together and i kind of resisted it for a couple of years but then i just started messing with it and it worked did you get footage when they blew it up okay oh yeah it was a sort of an, an end of an era type story music thing and then kind of it's, based uh, on a love of or just omaha uh, history uh, based on kind of a love of, I mean, I kind of grew up there. I think I had one of my first professional video gigs there. That's where my brother kind of made his name shooting the college world series there. So it's a tragedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that is kind of an underlying theme of it. We are all going to die. Have you, me. have you ever thought about like, uh, working with like writers, like, to make short films yes like yeah. i've had um i had a I have a really great script that needs another draft a sci-fi porno sweet that's like really <laughs> just such a a mash of highbrow and lowbrow it's going to take a little money and effort and that's kind of kind of what's stalling it one of the things that's stalling it right now because it's not something i can do public access wise because that i don't want to shoot anything like that anymore <laughs> that was interesting but there's a script that like it was all based on a dirty joke i made at pub trivia and then my friend went home and like wrote a script that night and like this is really good dude we need to do this (laughs) but i need to spend some money Mm. everything worth doing costs money right i know i know (laughs) anything worth doing is worth getting hurt for that's right as the song goes uh i've done i've shot about a almost a year ago a film for somebody else um for chris deck that was really good i don't know when there was a lot of sound issues on it, uh, but I don't know where that's going to be, but that was really exciting. I helped finish a f- like a five-year odyssey shooting a film for uh, Adam Fogarty. I was like one of four or five people behind the camera for it eventually, but I was the last one, and that's kind of in the editing process. So it's kind of, because I haven't done it in so long, it's kind of good to kind of, like I said before, work for other people on that stuff. Mm-hmm. On that stuff. I got to stop referring to artist stuff. I, think I once I was working it. with yeah. a fashion designer and I kept saying stuff and I'm like, listen, if I refer to your art, your fashion and stuff one more time, just hit me. <laughs> it's the only way I'm going to learn. <laughs> so do you find do you uh, consider yourself um, sort of a documentarian of 
Omaha. Like I noticed you, you mentioned taking pictures of the art silos and of Rosenblatt. So is the city of Omaha itself a big inspiration for you watching it change? Yes. And, and kind of everything that, that, that goes away, you know, I've got pictures of the end of, uh, the 49er bar, kind of very selective on a lot of this stuff um i wanted to go to sunset speedway before they bulldoze that didn't quite make it out there um oh there's other ones i can't think of what they are at the top of my head indian hills i shot one of the last uh like when it was done and they had a billboard thank you and all that but i a lot of the stuff i shot when i didn't know what i was doing (laughs) and you know i still don't fully know what i'm doing but i'm getting there Right. Well, I mean, you know, being being from that you're, you know, self-described as, as being a oh. South Omaha and, you know, and considering how much South Omaha has changed just in the last 10 years, it just yeah. it made me wonder if that was a big influence for you. It is. And kind of um, the city coming, they won't admit it, but coming to terms with how it's treated, to a lesser extent, South Omaha and how it's treated North Omaha. Um, you know, this city, like a almost official policy was to just kind of degrade North Omaha or keep it down and um, not dump, not put any money into it. And they're trying to, they're trying right now. And I'll give them credit for that. Um, I went to the Carver Bank and that whole neighborhood, and then the the Union next went for an art show a week ago Friday, and it was it's amazing little part of town. You know, people don't know about that. All mm-hmm. they know about is uh, people that don't live there. They know about what they see on the news, which is never good news. Right. It's always negative. It's always negative. And, you know, there is negative news that goes up there, but you can't focus on that. Well, it's negative news that happens everywhere. It I is. Mean. It is. And, and well, if you look at Omaha News, there's, there's shootings and there's huskers. <laughs> Ten yeah. people could die in one of those two places of town I just mentioned, but the lead story will be football. Mm-hmm. And I just, can't believe I brought up football during ArtCast. Yeah. We, we'll just edit this out, right? No, that's <laughs> staying in because oh, you're nah. the first person on Project ArtCast to ever talk about football, I think. Or any sports. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I am missing the last the last Cubs game of the year right now. Oh, multiple sports discussed. That's the only sport I watch. On <laughs> baseball, <laughs> baseball and football in one podcast. Lacrosse. <laughs> oh, let's talk about lacrosse. Oh, what wait, the I don't hell know is any, lacrosse? Yeah, I don't even know what anyone? that is. Anyone? <laughs> Is the it, hell is the, baseball and football? Look at all of us. We're all dumbfounded here. We're like, what? Stadium? <laughs> What's the Rosenblatt again? We only know where Stadium. Rosenblatt was because you had to True. drive past it to, to get, get to, to the, the zoo. zoo. <laughs> True story. Uh, concerts that have been in Rosenblatt. The Beach Boys, what a lot of people kind of remember. Mm-hmm. The Who. The Who. When they were opening up, opening up for Herman's Hermits right before wow. Tommy dropped. They played there. Think about that. I was at the That would be a show. wild show. I, That's the only time I was ever in Rosenblatt. Really? Yeah. Huh. For what? Uh, the Beach Boys. Oh. Did Rosenblatt. you enjoy the Beach Boys? That was a long... Boys? It was, it was uh, some sort of... There was a parade. There was military. Something was going on. My brother came back from war. Sounds like Cinco de Mayo. And when when no, was this? No, it was when Desert Storm got over. No. So, and Cinco somehow that whole... <laughs> Was it single tomorrow? Yeah. That w- so anyhow, that was the only reason I got there is because I think if you live in Omaha, if you if you've grown up in Omaha, I think you have to have seen the Beach Boys at least once. I've never seen the Beach Boys. Really? I saw them at the I county fair. If when I was if a kid. Uh, the county fair, yeah, county. You got to fall pretty far, pretty far. What county? 
Probably Douglas. I, I mean, that, does that really count? Sarpy? I don't know. Do they? Yeah. Does Douglas County still have fairs? Hazard County. Yeah. It's called River yes. City. Yes, it was. That's what it was. It was Hazard County. It's the River City Hazard Roundup. County. Oh, geez. Could have been. That's, on, that's going on right now. I know. I used to work at uh, Quest Center doing uh, camera and one-time technical directing, River City Roundup, and it was kind of fascinating because it was a great changing event, but it's also horrifying because it's animal torture for several hours. Mm-hmm. I, I was... Sorry for anybody who's into the River City Roundup that's listening. Um, I, I was sad I didn't get to shoot the when they wouldn't have the actual cows run down Capitol Ave, Capitol Street, whatever. They used to run cattle. Oh, how long ago was that? Maybe 10 years or so. Wow. But I, I didn't know that about it until the year after they stopped doing it because it was dangerous. And I was really sad. Dangerous cows for, are to people. Yeah, to, no, dangerous to for people. Who? To everybody. But they don't care about the cows. All involved. No, no. But I was, I was sad I didn't actually I get to experience actually... that. I would have loved to have shot that. As much oh, as that yeah. horrifies me. Uh, cows on s- Capitol? I've seen, I've seen cows, cows on, on L Street. Cap- sponsored um, by Garotts. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, where they, that's where they go to Wait, die. The Artcast is sponsored by Garotts? Yeah. <laughs> so I get 10% I off, right? Maybe we could yes, discount. you walk in there and tell them that. They'll tell you what you can do. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I did ride home from work the other night, and I was taking the Riverfront Drive, and... It was kind of, you know, pleasant to see all these little pens of cows in downtown Omaha. I'm from the country. It it tickles from me downtown Omaha. Behind the behind the Century Lane. Oh, oh, right now, keep, yeah, because yeah, right like all, all the animal pens are like the place where I live was surrounded by animal pens. No, at I one know. Point. Yes, but, I went uh, to prom there while there were cows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've grown up in Omaha <laughs> when you've gone to prom and there were cows around the building. You around were having, the building, yes. you're okay. Yes. I didn't take a cow to prom. I don't know where that rumor <laughs> no, got started. They were just hanging out down there waiting to die. Waiting to die. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, you were, that's kind of a metaphor for life, though, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're hanging out down here waiting to die. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> this is, I love how this talk of death is making <laughs> Paish giggle like a little girl. Yeah, well, you know. I, I live next to a feedlot, and it, like not next, next, but close to it. So I drive to work, and I'd watch them herding the cows towards the trucks to take them down to South Omaha. And the cows were all skipping and jumping, and just happy as clams, not knowing, we're getting out of here. Yeah, not realizing that they're you know the horrible fate that was going yeah. to be in my belly eventually. Yes, that's right, possibly. And then, you know, I don't. Is anybody I'm else not hungry against right that. now? I'm not. I'm not a vegetarian, but like. The River City Roundup is animal torture for several hours. Like I was ringside, dirt side, track side, whatever you want to call it, with a camera. And when they were doing an event where they're chasing horses around and lassoing them, and like I'm not an animal, a huge animal lover. I've never thought you know animals where they're have trying feelings. to ride them. No, I think they're trying things? to. Uh, not that one. I think they're okay. trying to lasso them because the horse is running loose and it comes up right up next to me, and I saw a look of fear in its eyes, and I'm like, I never would have thought i'd be the person to like see that and get disturbed by that but yeah mm-hmm. then again they also paid me so i did it <laughs> you know I, i'm not that you can feel sorry for the horse but you're still getting paid i'm still getting paid like barely above minimum wage or whatever they paid me up there. money blinds you to the tortures of the horse i like it you're a capitalist <laughs> indeed i am media mercenary <laughs> that's right so do you want to talk about how you first <laughs> No one talking about cows. <laughs> no more cows. More, cow. Should, more should, cow talk. We should keep this going until Brandon has a Hi, heart well, attack. Hi, it's, it's a new. It's a new. It's NP- going off the rails so badly. <laughs> it's a new NPR show, Cow Talk. <laughs> 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 
With Mike, Mike, and Mike. <laughs> I think I think Brandon's making Clicking notes track. on a notebook like, okay, uh, we're going to edit this. this out, edit this out. It'll be a five-minute podcast. Them struggling to say my name. He's drawing angry faces at the end of every one of them with the crisscross eyes. <laughs> the mics aren't picking it up, but he's flipping us off right now. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> when, I, when I first met so anyway, you... Pish, <laughs> Nope, I'm being a nope, jerk. Done. I'm gonna. When I first met you, you were actually shooting with a Diana, I think, and that was all you had. You didn't even have a digital camera at the time. Um, no. When you, where did you meet me? I did. I've had a digital camera ever since. I had film at the same time. Which which event did you meet me at? Was it? It the, wasn't uh, an event. It was at your apartment. Uh huh. <laughs> you spin to your apartment. Brandon was just looking in the windows. It was before where you <laughs> live now. Up. It was way back when with Mark Longbreak and that, no, that wasn't. I've only lived where I'm at now. Okay, for like ten years. It was um, North Sea Studios. Oh, was it? And I had, I think, I think I had an, uh, a rangefinder with me. I never had a Diana. I've had a Holga and a, a Lomo. A Lomo, because that's kind of what got me back into photography. It was like a late night purchase where I see an ad for a Lomo, and I'm like, oh. This will be a terrible idea in the morning. I need to order this now. <laughs> While I'm still drunk. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was late at night, you know, 8.30. And, uh, okay, I laughed at that joke. <laughs> and I bought it. And, like, I kind of, I ran a couple rolls of film through it. And it, like, it does a lot of the work for you, you know. But it kind of, it shoots differently than every other camera I've ever used. And it kind of makes you think about your photos a lot more. And shooting film when you've got 24 or 36 pictures to deal with you got to really think before you shoot and that's what i tell a lot of people if you want to get better get an old pentax k1000 put a roll of film in it and really think about it that's what i learned on yeah yeah that's what a lot i brought it into one to get fixed at rockbrook camera Mm -hmm. and they're like what is that i'm like what you learned to get what you learned probably photography on oh yeah we don't deal with those you have to go to walker (laughs) (laughs) they don't even fix them anymore there it uh, was it because it's so not electronic. I thought, yeah, they just sent yeah. me to Walker and he fixed it. Did you start in film then, or yes, oh. yeah, I first film camera was a Nikon N60 or N70. Okay, like that I owned, not the one that because I think the first I used was a Pentax K1000 in high school, developing and doing darkroom work. I was terrible. <laughs> I was. I'm the only. Per- it's like notorious. I'm the only person to get a B in yearbook who showed up all the time. <laughs> Yeah. So you're not That's one of those I photographers that like yearns for the old years of film and all that kind of um, stuff. I, I mean, I have a roll of undeveloped film that's been sitting my by my computer for a long time. It's, it's panoramic, so I can't. Well, there's nobody in town that like Rockbrook is the only place that does it in town anymore. Like everybody else got rid of it. Yeah. And I've got. I just put a roll of film into a um, SLR medium format camera that I really need to take some more pictures on to kind of get back into that but film it takes money like nobody in town because i used to get it developed at a grocery store for like a dollar for an hour Mm -hmm. and scan it myself but i can't do that anymore i don't have the time to put into it anymore but i'm trying to get back into it that's the problem i'm having is that all the film that i have that i want to shoot i'm just like you you because digital has made it so easy to just shoot away now i'm like okay i need the the subject matter has to be appropriate has to be worth yeah Well, and it's kind of the Lomo when I do a roll of film, it'd be like, this is six months in my life, what Mm -hmm. I did, because I would just take it to random things and it kind of, you'd see what I was doing for those six months. And I kind of want to put some more film through that, but I wanted to try something different. 
trying to remember what's on that other camera. It might be like that roll of film that's sitting there. It might be like Washington, D.C., Carhenge, things like that. I took like five cameras with me to Carhenge. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows when I'm going to be back there? <laughs> you should all go to Carhenge. It is. I did it. like infrared there. I've done film or high video. contrast film. Film, oh, film. Yeah. Film or video. Film and or digital. I've gone, I've done like I four or five different style films when I've gone out there. I did slide, which, eh. Yeah. I think I did like panoramic 35 millimeter and then I did stills in with the, the Nikon. Which one did I have then? I think the D800, so full full form, full form frame. But I was mainly there to kind of shoot video because mm-hmm. people kind of forget that I do video anymore because I do so many stills of events. Did you ever shoot like film, but like... Like motion movies? picture film yeah, like motion no. film no no i've been involved in i think i've been involved in shoots that have done that but just helping out somewhere hmm. that's that's that you think getting like still picture developed is hard unless you're shooting like 35 millimeter or 16 millimeter super 16 which is super expensive so there's no more eight millimeter or whatever there is but there's like one place in the country that develops <laughs> it and it's hard to get wow because somebody asked me um to look that up for them like about a couple of years ago because I got my, some of my dad's 8mm. It was developed, but I got that digitized. How much did that cost you? Pretty bad? Uh, maybe $150 or something. And it was, But it was him, you know, when he was in the Air Force, tooling around Western Europe in the 60s in a sports car. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds yeah. worth it. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. Look what I fucked up for you. <laughs> <laughs> like Leaning Tower of Pisa, uh, France countryside because he was one of the last servicemen in French before de Gaulle. France before de Gaulle kicked everyone out. The Vatican, seeing all this stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know shit about photography, so I have to go with the standard question. <laughs> sure. What do you prefer, digital or film? I mean, and like, what are the pros and cons to it? To the well, with digital, you can kind of see, you can take a picture and look at it and see if it's working or not. Film has a, and you can take tons. I mean, I can take thousands at an event. It seems to me that digital would lend itself more to experimentation. To an extent, yeah. Um, there's some experimentation you can only, you can do with film that you can't really do with digital. With like with taking a crappy camera that has light leaks or you don't know what you're necessarily going to get. But there's certain look with digital or with film that you can't... Maybe some high-end people can really Photoshop and get their, their digi- digital look that way. But I mean, the way I, I edit my stills anyway on digital it kind of looks a little like film it started subconsciously but then now it's kind of more of a conscious choice does photoshop play a big role in your in your oh, yeah. process yeah i'm use lightroom a little bit but not as much as apparently everybody else does i don't want my digital pictures to look anything like anything but film i want them to look like you know yeah, i mean i've got I mean, some things that i do that i take a lot of liberty with but for the most part if i'm taking a photograph I, I want yeah. it to look like film. A photograph, that's, yeah. yeah. Not saying I won't like, like in a concert photo or an event photo, take a, an annoying light that's in the background yeah. and Photoshop it out. Right, but, but it's not like a. It's burning. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So as a as a non photographer, I'm. It makes it makes me curious. So when you guys, since like, and this is really for the three of you, since Paish is crying somewhere in the bathroom. Uh, so when you guys see somebody else's work, can you immediately tell? If it's been, if it was shot on film or digital? For the most part, yeah. I mean, can you spot the Photoshop work that's been done to well, it? You, I, still, I still Photoshop my film, though, too, though. So do well, I. Well, sure. 
But you I mean, might not I Photoshop, can, but you know. If it's printed on photographic paper, you can kind of tell easily that it was printed on photographic paper. Because some, some, most people, their digital is way too crisp and clear and sharp and kind of unnaturally so. And people, they, I don't know if they do it on purpose, but they somehow seem to think it's just what they want to do because it's digital. So it's got to be, so, so they, they, they just are drawn to that as a, what they want to do. Let's right. sharpen it up. Let's enhance the definition. And, and it's a different school of thought. Not right or wrong. It's just a thought I don't think any of us really subscribe to. Pice just came back from emptying his bladder. Indeed. I missed something important. There's a photo question. You, something you... We were talking about digital versus film and how if you can tell if it's been photoshopped to excess or... If you can tell if looking at a photo, if it's digital or film to begin with. Hmm. I've shot film back in the day, but... You haven't done film for a very long time. Have you? You didn't have digital cameras when I went to school. No, no. I mean, you haven't shot film for a long time. Not since then, yeah. Not since college? Yeah. Yep. It's been... That was like 20 years ago. Yeah. He's long old. ago. He's very old. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> you voted for Herbert Hoover. <laughs> um, I can make, I, I mean, I think that you can add grain and Photoshop, and I do that a lot, and I dirty the shit out of photos. I, I make a nice, pretty See, photo look like. You're kind you know, of what we were talking about. Like we, yeah. some people, because it's digital, they want to make it as crisp, as clear, like unnaturally sharp, which is the tendency with digital photos, and all of us kind of, I'm speaking for Brandon, but I mean, you're kind of the same way though, aren't you? Where you don't. Depends on what the image is and what I want it to look like. Sometimes I go way the opposite way and I'll sharpen the crap out of something. Well, you know, you're doing a lot of landscapes too. <laughs> for and, the art shows, and, I'm a lot more liberal with my yeah. crap. Crap <laughs> stuff. We're calling stuff. it crap. Yes, thank <laughs> you for that. That's a callback, people. Work. That's the word. Your work. Yeah, my work. Yeah. Your work. That's right. Um, yeah, I've. I like to play with Photoshop and I like to mess with things. It's kind of like I'm better at Photoshop than I am at photography. I hate to say that, but well, that's could be. That's just your style. Yeah, that's just how I roll. <laughs> well, that's not the words I would use, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge part of photography now is just the digital darkroom. Everything that people yeah. are doing nowadays. Mm -hmm. Now, do you as do you consider yourself an artist? Do you ever? try and art up your i mean other than you know aesthetically composition you know your st standard photographic shooting do you try and make it look more art centric I've, rather than media i've done that a little bit in the past year um like overly process things so you can't necessarily tell what it was or, or it's pretty mm -hmm. different from what it started with i don't do that a lot it's um not my style, but something I kind of want to experiment with to see. And like, I want to try and start doing some things with some models, some plan shoots, if I ever have time. <laughs> kind of a recurring joke with me. And and just kind of do some of that with that too. Mm -hmm. And overly process it, but not overly process it where everybody has plastic skin because that's also kind of something that's pretty prevalent with people yeah. who shoot with models. Yeah. Yeah. And what, you don't want your people looking fake? No. Sometimes I'll, they make them look fake on purpose, like <laughs> androids. That's Well, that's a little different. <laughs> now, when I was doing film, and I mean, I did portrait work and crap like that, and I, I always did it in film, and I, you know, I was able to get the results, the model results with film pretty simply. 
But when I shot for myself, I also tried to shoot like, because I wasn't a very good painter and I wasn't very good with a lot of the artistic things that I wanted to be, I would shoot like I wanted it to look like it was a painting, I would, you know, soft focus and, and blur it up and just kind of compose and shoot for my photographs to look like paintings. And then going into digital allows you to take that too far into the fakeness. And so it's kind of a struggle. But do you ever shoot to I've, make it look like? Not necessarily on purpose, but I've taken mistakes and pass it off as high art. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah, I like, mean, oh, there's, that's cool. there's, no, there's no shame in it. Everybody does that. <laughs> oh, yeah, but who's dumb enough to admit to it? I'm offended uh... by it. <laughs> that's the one thing you're getting offended about this entire talk. I haven't like, done my I haven't done my job. A lot of times, I, I am like, as a photographer, I can tell the accidents, and when when a lot of times when they're try to they're they're put out there as as something, I'm like, no, that's that's an accident. It's something that's cool and it looks cool, but I'll no, usually I freely see through, admit it. I three, I, yeah, <laughs> but I see through the facade. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to hold it against him. I'm just like, oh. Hey, Shit. whether it's an accident or not, you created it, right? Yeah. No, That's right. I don't know. That, I, say that to my, I say that to my parents every day. <laughs> there you go. There you that go. was such an easy by. joke. <laughs> That's one of my little uppity things. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) uh, yeah like my work to my work my work and mike's work are like equal percentages opposite i think because he likes to shoot like complimentary yeah yeah but like i do a lot of like i do a good job oh yeah i do a lot of crap (laughs) i do you know 10 percent good 90 percent crappy just 90 percent good i do 10 percent no i'm just kidding uh, you know, I do like I shoot a lot of models or whatever, and he does a lot of events and stuff. So and you know, things, yeah, and things for lack of a better term, people, things. places, things, like, and stuff. Know, I try to dabble stuff. in that stuff, but and I kind of want to shoot know. some models to see. That's what I'm saying I've done it a little bit, but to see what would happen, just to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of photographers, whether they admit it or not, do it to shoot pictures of girls in booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I think they I don't are. think I've ever done any <laughs> booty short shots. Yeah, Add it to the list. Maybe. I, I painted one girl to look like an egg and put a chicken hat on her. That's interesting. <laughs> That's something. That says a lot about your uh, <laughs> And she childhood. was mostly naked. I okay. painted another one pink and mostly naked. But, you know, they don't, they don't normally get people to volunteer for those ones. No. <laughs> I think, it, well, because they have to, did you take a picture first or do you have them stand there? Do you, like, how do you? I, I pose them like pinup-y, okay. only painted like the one chick with, I did pinups with her, painted like an egg. And, Wait, uh, do you paint her and take the picture, or are you pa- doing a she, painting of her? She's painted. Oh, okay, and you're so taking a picture. All white. So yeah, it's body yeah. painting. Oh, body I thought painted. you were doing but, a no, painting no, no, of no, no, her. No, no, body okay. painted the models, but not quite the same. But they're ter- they, they get difficult to work with sometimes. <laughs> they get uppity. The ones that are willing to do that, they get uppity. <laughs> so those are the only times I really want to work with models is when I want to make them do weird things you want to torture them basically yeah can you stand in this pit of blood here for a second then i'll walk first we're gonna cover you in mud i've done that before too i did i did clay fake blood and barbed wire so what we're saying is if janet asks you (laughs) say (laughs) run away yes (laughs) run away run away please all right because it's rare that i ask because it'll be something but something memorable that's memorable memorable Indeed. So if you do model shots, do you want to do uh, like what kind of shots would you? Um, 
kind of like a lot of my pictures like there's a lot of dark in them i mean i don't mean metaphorically mm -hmm. kind of metaphorically but i mean there's a lot of black and shadow and right. stuff like that and okay. then um i was hanging out at uh, a studio that they've been trying to get me to come in and i'm like well i, I don't do a lot of studio work but we shot some interviews there and we kind of want to like okay i kind of want to shoot here for a little bit and just see what would happen and i have a I saw a couple ideas i got when i was there and i'm like I just got to find time. I think I found a model that mm -hmm. wants to do it. And we're kind of on the same wavelength. So I'm going to try it. it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just finding time. Mr. Machian, in, in this age where everything has a digital camera attached to it, your iPhones, your iPad, your, your eyeglasses, your iWatches, your eyeglasses, everything has it. And it effectively turns anybody who purchases one of those things into a photographer. Do you find that frustrating aggravating does it make you work harder what are your thoughts on it the best camera you have is the one you have with you <laughs> is the maximum but it, i've kind of got mixed feelings because it annoys me because it makes it too easy for people to, be, to put in pretty decent photos but then again that's that's kind of why i'm here things got easier with dslrs and photoshop that that's kind of how i got started so i can't be too mad about it but yeah you just got to figure out a way to make yourself different and and work hard. I mean, I've my reputation is I work a lot and I get usually get stuff done on time. I show up and I'm not a dick. <laughs> Those are all good. You qualities. laugh, but so that, that is kind of important in some of these things. I'm easy to work with. So does it come down to your work ethic versus the accessibility of say certain apps that will modify your photos that you take? I mean, is it like it's an either or? It's like, it's kind or, of it depends what you're looking for because sometimes. An iPhone photo is going to work for a lot of people now. And that, that's unfortunate people who make their living off photography. But that's just a fact. You can you can get angry about it all you want. It's not going to change anything. You can make fun of people all you want. People are always going to pull out their phones during a concert, say, Lord, last night at Star <laughs> Concert Cove. And, and they're, you know, they're 100 yards back from the stage. And they're trying to take a picture with a phone. And it's not going to come out. But it's... Part of it is they, they're taking that picture themselves and they're sharing their experience, even though it's a, an out-of-focus blur, light blur. So does that does it affect your creative process when you go to shoot something then? I mean, um, knowing that that's I'll kind of think of like, this would be a good photo for Instagram. To kind of like, or like I talked about earlier, doing a photo a night, I try to do a photo that kind of sums up the night best. Like if I could turn in one photo for the night... Like I'm, I do this the video too. I'll have the idea of what photo I want to do or what video I want to put up right away in my head. I'm editing in my head before the night's done, so I can get things done fast. Because that's kind of that's one reason why I try to be fast, is because I am dealing with smartphones a lot and and, and people putting things up right away. And they're not, they may beat me to the punch, but at least I'll be a little better than them. I hope. Well, okay, so that so that I guess sort of a companion question would also be like, you know, on, on the other side, on the video side, then like when you have uh, applications like Vine, for example, where they make, you know, six what second is it, loops. six second loops, and those and they and people just out of the box make you know really compelling videos that have a complete narrative to them in that six seconds. Does that does that affect your creative choices when you're making say videos that like when you're shooting video that's obviously running longer than six seconds no um i kind of think the vine and kind of the instagram videos which are 15 seconds it's kind of its own it's kind of its own medium and you know no one's going to pay me to do 
a six second or 15 second video. I hope they, I wish they would yeah. make my life a lot easier. I mean, sometimes I've, I've started to like think of like a video of a couple of events where I've shot stills and video at, I've kind of experimented where I can put a video from my DSLR after a little work on Instagram and just to kind of show people, you know, like I did a time-lapse video from um, something I did at Loom where I could put that up that night and like, it's better than anyone would anyone else put on Instagram that night. And and it's, it's not a meeting that a lot, it's something I wouldn't mind experimenting in, but it's not a way to make my name from, I mean, a lot of people do make the name for themselves doing that and, you know, more power to them, but it's not how I'm going to make my money. Do you ever see any of those, like the Instagram videos or the Vine videos that you're like, wow, that was really powerful. I, they're doing something that I, I never would have thought of. Really clever. Like sort of like you've, express a thought or a, had a great setup or you know you made a great video in six seconds that there is you know people can get mad at that i think that's great that you have that ability to do that to make a compelling funny or viral video in six seconds that you plan to do not something that randomly accidentally that happened that you were lucky to catch there's a skill for that i don't begrudge mm -hmm. people that would you say that the people that are able to do that are probably trained more so, I mean, they you have some sort You're saying they have no of, attention span? No, they have, no, <laughs> like, like you could pick up a phone Kids because today. of your, your knowledge of photography and your knowledge of media work and video and everything like that, you could pick up a phone and you could make your little 15 second video because you have enough real skills. You would be able to do that and maybe the people that are able to do that successfully have real world skills and they just didn't just I don't, pick up a camera. You know, I don't think it and, is that way. I think a lot of people that do it like there's a couple people, high school kids in Omaha or whatever that are really famous. I don't think they've had any real world skills. They just had good ideas on a phone and just went at it mm -hmm. and got lucky because it's, it's all, it's all luck. No matter how good you are, it's still luck yeah. to an extent. And I don't, you know, I don't know them, their story that well, but I kind of think they didn't have a whole lot of video production background and it's kind of, it's a good thing. And it's a good thing that, you know, it's kind of democratized things where you don't have to be somebody who can afford a lot of equipment, have access to a lot of equipment, a lot of training to do it. You don't have to be that person to get noticed. But if you were somebody who sunk a lot of money in, in school and, and equipment, it kind of sucks for you. So it's a double-edged sword. And you just, and you know, I try not to sit and complain about it, except for people using phones to take pictures or something where it's clearly not going to come out. And you're just, you're watching your phone and not a concert. You know, that's when you should put it down. Otherwise, you know, don't waste time complaining about it. Try to do something about it. Make yourself better. So it, it would be safe to say that it's still, despite all the technology and all the websites and everything, it still comes down to the vision of the person using the equipment. Whether Yeah. yeah. And maybe what they can do after. Okay, you got your one. You're noticed. Now what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. That's always uh, a very important question to anybody. I try to ask in interviews or just for myself. Like, am I just going to keep doing what I'm doing or am I going to try some, you know, make safe little money or try to learn something new, try something new. And, you know, even if I fail, try to learn something, but trying something new also takes time sometimes. So and you've got to force yourself to make time. So do you, do you find yourself doing a lot of experimenting on, on things or do you, do you have a, a style or a format that you feel comfortable with and try to stick to for some events i do and, and i kind of am forced to stick with it like with fashion week if i'm shooting everybody i can't really experiment and play around that much because there's a chance i could i, I need it needs to kind of be boring normal footage so people can pay me for it um 
but on other things where I have a little more leeway or they're kind of like, hey, just do whatever you think will look good. I'll try to make something exciting out of it or something different. But again, it kind of takes time to think about it and you don't always have that time. And sometimes, unfortunately, you don't want to put in the time. Right. But well, a, a lot of what I'm trying to experiment with is kind of what a lot of photographers do normally anyway, like using studio strobes. I've never really done that until very recently. I've just started to play around with it a little bit because I want to see what can happen. It kind of, most of what I see out of studios kind of bores me. And I'm like, well, well I could talk shit about it or I could try to do something different. Right. Makes sense. I, I mean, that's the plan. For me, when I get commission jobs, I tend to gravitate towards commission work that where they say, just come up with something cool versus I really like what you did here. Can you do something like that? I, I tend to stay away from those because I constantly am trying to try different things and push myself. So, I mean, kind of like it's, what you're it's saying. It's kind of it's, a balance because you got you to gotta make your money. You got to pay mm-hmm. for all your gear, but then you got to grow as a person because if you get bored... Or if you're on autopilot and all. And, you know, being on autopilot isn't necessarily a bad thing. Some things, it's just nature of the beast. But beating autopilot can be a bad thing, too. Definitely. Right, Push? Yep. So insightful. <laughs> Deep. Indeed. <laughs> <sighs> so being an event photographer, have you considered going down the pitfalls of weddings weddings yeah. <laughs> i'm really trying to not do what that. are those like I, i've kind of got offered a couple of gigs i kind of took one up but it's a little different it's a um a wedding at the end of a play at the uh, theater i think two of the cast members are getting married and they only wedded me for a little bit and they i think i'd met her once before the bride and like she was a fan of my work she knows what i can do she doesn't want typical wedding stuff and they kind of just want a lot of um, candids, not a lot of pose shots, which I really hate doing. Like the, until I started shooting at Loom, like if the best way for me to take not take your pictures, have you noticed me stop, smile, and pose? I would just say click. If you hear me say click, give you a thumbs up. I did not take your picture. <laughs> no, which is embarrassing <laughs> when they say, "Hey, can I see it?" No, no, no. <laughs> there was a, there was an event I shot where I was doing video. And the camera I use for video is, you know, DSLR, so it looks like I'm taking stills, and nobody can grasp that, that, hey, I'm not shooting stills. So it was an event where I just said, screw it. People are going to stop and pose for me. I'm going to make a video of people stopping and posing like I'm taking stills and make that into something. And somebody else did it better at a, a college in California and did a much better job of it than I did, where it's just a lot of awkward people video of people freezing <laughs> mine didn't look so awkward but uh then they'd want to see it and i'd be like uh okay it's a video but they couldn't tell the difference well they're drunk they're drunk yeah and then <laughs> right. sort of like i'm not using a flash i have an on-camera light it's different but nobody they don't know the difference which so is a good thing i guess for doing sound for doing video then do you also have to have like kind of a working knowledge of sound editing as well then yes um and that's kind of a weak spot for me um kind of in gear really i have a very cheap lavelle uh lavelle lapel mic that i can uh i do my interviews with for most of that is with raw or whoever it, it has a little bit of noise and i know how to take that noise out where it's you know it's usable it's not the best quality but i kind of need to step up step game. up the game yeah and i'm just trying to figure out if i want to go boom mic or like a wireless sennheiser how much are you looking to spend uh, hell if it's a sennheiser it'd be like 600 yeah at least yeah there's options um earlier oh. on break you had discussed that you wanted to start painting yes any 
anything that you you know a style that you're that you're looking abstract. into abstracts because i can't i can't draw for shit and i was telling my mom who used to be a painter that i wanted to do abstract when i was rating her art supplies and she just had this puzzled look like abstract i don't i don't understand how can how can you do abstract and i'm like how how can you not <laughs> and sort of like she just the abstract was just beyond her she was very small southern town or i think even some here art teaching were schooling where it was just today we're painting ducks in a pond today we're painting still lives you know very traditional and i don't um i can't do that so maybe that's why i don't want to do it because that's kind of a skill that's going to be beyond me forever but abstract you know it can be whatever you want it can be finished when you want it doesn't have to look like anything it's an art cop out right i'm asking all my art friends oh yeah (laughs) it's something i want to try it's it's kind of my goal for 2014 and so far i've not done it the the show that i was going to do it for didn't happen and i've just haven't had the time yet and i hope to make time are you planning on like oils acrylics, uh, acrylics acrylics um just brushes or splashing and just whatever comes to probably brushes ideas. i haven't even thought that far ahead i don't even know if i have brushes brushes i have to look fingers fingers finger paint chicken sticks Dip your whatever beard in the paint. Anything. Yeah. Uh, you don't need brushes. <laughs> Leaves. We, where we're going, we won't need brushes. <laughs> That's right. Brandon's shaking his head in disappointment. He's like, "This is." Do you have any questions for me, Brandon? Oh, oh put him on the spot. Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> you, Brandon. You, <laughs> all right. How about this? How about this, Brandon? You like what draws you to shooting a lot of your your landscape and nature shots that you do? Why do you like doing that? It's just beautiful, and I want to capture the feeling, the emotion you get in standing in one place and seeing that whole image. And it's it's hard to do to get the emotion down. If you just take a normal picture, I feel like it just lacks the sense of being there. Now, do you do you have locations in mind, or do you like, we're going to go to this part of the country or this part of the state, and we'll find something? Uh, depends. I'm a backpacker too. So a lot of times I'm just out there hiking around and if I see something that sparks interest in me, I'll shoot it. But some of my shoots are planned out ahead of time and you know, you get to a spot and then you sleep there at night and then you wait for sunrise in the morning and hopefully you get a beautiful sunrise. If not, you're SOL and you have to come back and try again. Okay. What, what's what, what most excites you about the process? It's actually a lot of work. I don't know why I do it half the time. Yeah, but what, what do you look <laughs> but, forward to the most out of it, though? Just seeing some of these beautiful places, getting to these beautiful places and capturing them. So the journey, not so much taking the photo itself. Uh, yes, exactly. Okay. Where do you hope to take this <laughs> in, in your ultimately your wildlife photography? Somebody's done a couple of interviews. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> really bad. I'm Turned coming it around. for you. Turned I'm it around. For you. Yeah, this is getting bad, huh? Um, hopefully to actually make some profit off of it. Money. Make some decent money. Cover your expenses. Yes, at least. That's I'm that's what everyone's like, I want to make a living. Well, you, you got to at least make a profit or break even. I'd like to pay for the gas to get out to oh some Lord, of these places. Oh, Lord, I didn't even think about that. That's a hidden cost. And any of my shows, it's not about how much money I'm going to make. It's like minimizing how much money I'm going to lose. That's why I try to go without doing frames, which... <laughs> did did not happen this last show. Most of your stuff's local, though, is it not? Yes. Okay. So and it's I think most of it's just stuff that I've found by accident, not that I've sought out. Some of it I have. What What are you using for your locations? I saw from the door show you, some very unique um, 
One was day job. One was very unique where it was like the inside of an abandoned building or something. Um, I don't even think it was abandoned. It was um, Omaha Steel Castings Plant in Midtown, which okay. I'm not entirely sure is open. Some of it's abandoned, but I don't know that that building we were in was because they were actually working while we were there, which was interesting to kind of like not get killed. Did you guys have permission per se? Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Um, don't people like I shot, a, there's this really amazing creepy stairwell the back of the property that leads up to a cemetery, which is locked off. You're like, oh, I want to go shoot there. I'm like, okay, but it is private property patrolled by security, so don't just go there. I won't say I've never trespassed, but usually not where people are actively using. Yeah, because I think everyone and their moms went out to the Milford Church and stuff. I don't think that's there anymore. No, it's gone. Yeah, I have a, a shot at the um, the motel that was around there. Yeah. It was the day the Columbia got exploded on reentry. That's how I remember that day. Wow! I was helping somebody on a short film. Bring so it down. you do a lot of, uh, you know, Omaha. Do you? I mean, and you've done Carhenge, and you've gone out and shot. I mean, is Nebraska as well part of your interest? I mean, just showing. No, just because it's easier. Just because uh, it's easier. Like I shoot Wrigley. I got the first time I've been to Chicago, and uh, well, I was there on a business trip in January. But the first time I've been there. Where I can kind of do what I wanted in five years. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot in five years and got a camera that, you know, I know how to use and is good. And I got to wander around Chicago and Wrigley Field with it. Uh, I did New York about a year ago, wandering around all night mm-hmm. in Times Square. It was just amazing. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of wherever I can go. I just don't, I just don't travel a lot. I mean, I have like almost three weeks of vacation for the rest of the year. I can use it still. I was kind of saving it for a special surprise trip. That's probably not going to happen now. So, you know, I've got tons of frequent fire miles. I go to LA, go to New York, I'll go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Specifically to shoot? Um, I've got friends and family in LA, but I would shoot. I've got a friend in New York, but I would shoot, you know, like Chicago is to see a friend and to see a baseball game. So are there places that you would specifically go to just to shoot? Um, without knowing anybody, Carhenge was, uh, I was like technically going to see some friends in Colorado, but I took a good six hour detour to go up and do Carhenge. There's some things out West I kind of want to shoot. Like I've, I've kind of wanted to, when I go to LA just to drive there and fly back and to see everything, but I wouldn't want to do it alone and my, not with my car, not with the Buick. Time for a new car. It is. It is. But you know, it was time for a new camera first. (laughs) I noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those things take precedence they do they do <laughs> and and most of your topics would be i realize car hench isn't exactly urban but more more, more city more urban, more urban yeah. yeah i'm I'm a city kid and you know i kind of um on the way to car hench, i kind of stopped a lot of country places and i wouldn't that's kind of one reason i wanted to drive to la to just kind of see the desert see the sand hills when it's not december because i went to car hench in december it was the day the that school had the school shooting at Sandy Hook. I only travel when like massive disasters happen, apparently. Because yeah. I, I thankfully missed all that until I got to my destination. They're like, oh, you heard what happened? I'm like, no. It's like, oh, sit down. And I'm really glad I just had the radio off the whole time. So house arrest could be a benefit for the country. <laughs> it hasn't worked so far. <laughs> so in your journey through the country, if you do get the chance to, to do this, I mean... Do you do you shoot nature as a just if you see something? I mean, or yeah. is it just like when I was going to car and if I saw something cool, 
just popped out of the car and did like I saw a hand painted sign that said cemetery just veered off really pissed off the gps in my car because i had no idea where i was but i just went up to the cemetery and shot in there for a little bit because mm-hmm. it i the route the gps told me was like not the interstate out west it was like a country road or highway and it may have added time on but it was super scenic it was great yeah nebraska's way better if you stay off the interstates yeah yeah i found that out like way better it was so much slower it is. <laughs> uh, I took the interstate on the way back because there was this abandoned factory between these two towns. Some photographer I know who like sought out abandoned buildings told me like it's on the right between these two towns. So I'm trying to stay on the road, not hit anybody and keep a lookout for an abandoned factory. Needless to say, I didn't find it. I don't know if it's still there. It was no like idea. a good, I couldn't even name the two towns, but it was like a good 30 or 45 minute stretch of road mm-hmm. that I had to try and f- spot a building. Have you ever thought about leaving the country? to shoot yes yeah any plans for that um that was kind of the surprise trip that's uh, probably not going to happen it's too bad <laughs> yeah that would have been um an amazing thing but chernobyl um <laughs> that would be cool i've thought yeah. about that like here's but it's kind of it's kind of like we're going to detroit which i've kind of thought about too it's kind of you're exploiting other people's misery and loss here's a here's the thing about chernobyl i remember chernobyl mm-hmm. happening because our family was stationed in West Germany at the time. So we were really effing close. And they, a little too close. They don't, know, they don't necessarily know how much radiation we got, I've read somewhere. Which, <laughs> yeah. we're living on an army base, you know. They should have Geiger counters or something. But, <laughs> some sort of, some but form we couldn't of measurement. Play, we couldn't play outside when it was raining during recess. I had to take an extra bath and all that stuff. That was only kind of years later. I kind of like, oh, oh shit. That's what happened. But I'd still, I'd still want to go to Chernobyl. And Detroit. That would be cool. Yeah, we'll go, Pish. Detroit is kind of the American Chernobyl. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Go ahead, argue it. (laughs) Yeah, try. (laughs) I'm going to tell my friend from Detroit that, see what she says. (laughs) Just to get her two cents, not to get an argument. Right. Detroit would be scary, though. Terrifying. We've got to get our... You know, conceal and carry permits before. That, we yeah, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a gun person, but uh, that Maybe. might be a time to look the other way on that. <laughs> oh wait, we That's, can't take you, We're talking about lines, Mad Max. We? Nope. So it's pointless. Yeah. Uh, Would you say we can't take what? You can't take them over state lines. Yeah, they're oh. individuals for the state. You'd have to claim residency. No, we, we were talking about Detroit, Mad no Max thanks. earlier. <laughs> is Detroit turned into? Is, is Detroit slowly turning into a Mad Max film? I think it's there. It's past it. I mean, have you seen the tigers lately? Is that a sports reference? Is that, <laughs> you mean it like in the zoo? <laughs> With the football pads. No. I haven't. But there's, uh, I, if I wanted, I want to shoot abandoned places, but maybe not where there's like so much direct misery where somebody could look at me like, get the, like we, like the Velisca ask, ask murder, ask murder house, ask murder house. Um, we went there and it was just like, it's, you think it's an abandoned farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. No, it's in the middle of a neighborhood like this, where a bunch of people got killed and you're like getting a tour of this place. They've, they've cleaned it up since we got there. But when I went there, it was filled with trash, had no electricity. So there are oil lamps all around this trash and people, every time a board creaked in an old house, they jumped and thought it was a ghost. It was really I was like, I didn't, for some reason, they forgot to charge me entry to that. And like, I didn't feel guilty at all, not paying to get there by the end of it because it was so exploitive. 
<laughs> I'm sure, for people who run the Velisca Ask Murder House, fuck you. <laughs> all right <laughs> you gotta make a living um but it's kind of you know i wonder how well i wonder how people in that neighborhood think maybe they're okay with it maybe it brings in money and they're okay with it so i shouldn't judge too harshly but i felt really dirty being and like nobody i've talked to a lot of people who've gone there nobody else has felt that way except me so but i don't really believe in ghosts either so that brings up that brings up an interesting point you is you, there a god Oh, no, you had something else. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, you you were stressing the importance of getting permission to go on these abandoned places to shoot. I was stressing permission of the... uh, I didn't want people to think that the steel casting plant was abandoned. Right. That's that's still... And then it was still in use and patrolled by security. Right. But are, are you making the assumption that it's abandoned because they're just not using it or... Because you know something tragic happened, and taking pictures there would be exploiting. Well, if 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 it was a house out in the middle of nowhere, and like, and it just felt like they were, it wasn't like a historical tour by any means. It felt like they were really kind of exploiting us and the and the tragedy for a buck when I was there. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've been I've been to places where you know tragedies have happened and you know the, the 9-11 memorial did not feel exploited in the least any of the war memorials in, in dc even though you know here, here's a tip for people listening don't take a smiling selfie of yourself in front of a war memorial <laughs> even if it's not your war or your country right i saw a lot of that in dc but th- that's kind of there, there's a difference there's a way to do it right and there's a way to talk about history and i didn't and like i said i was the only person i think who ever got that impression out of there but well, I mean, okay, so I guess the the more refined question would be, does the history of the location matter when you're shooting it? Yes, because actually, um, what they say, today is the 28th. What I was going to do if I had time today, it was go up to um, Potter's Field in Omaha, because this is the anniversary of when they lynched uh, Willie Brown, the, the great Omaha race riot of 1919. Right. So what, 95 years ago today is when they actually lynched him. And like they hung the mayor during that riot, people who don't mm-hmm. know. There's still gun bullet holes in the courthouse from this riot. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of want to remind people, hey, this happened. We grew up with people who were probably there. But, you know, that's, that's something where I just kind of want to, you know, the history does matter for a place, and I don't feel I'm being exploitive of it, kind of reminding people this happened. And, I, and I've gotten re- comments from people who are kind of, they almost seem to be annoyed that I was dragging up a tragedy. That is a tragedy that needs to be reminded. A lot of people don't know about. Right. And right. it needs to, people need to know that these things yeah. happened. And yeah. There, there's a reason, you know, why there's a divide in Omaha. I mean, that that's, and that's not the reason, but that's a great symptom of the reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I mean, I would stand to reason to me that any abandoned structure there that you, that anybody would shoot, there's a reason that place is in the state that it is. And there's probably a, a semi-interesting story behind it. And sometimes you may not even always get that story, but you can kind of picture it in your mind when you mm-hmm. see photos and video and such. There's an abandoned like missile silo or something somewhere in Nebraska. There's a couple. There's Kay- a I need, I need to, Do you know where any of those are? <clears throat> there's, there's a thing. At, is it the meat up by Mead? Is that? It's not silos. It's ammo dumps. Oh, where, where Kayla, Kayla was? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, 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 those are old ammo. Depots. Factories or something, yeah, depots. I know there's some out by Mount Michael, but I, those might be active still. 
Okay, yeah, we don't need to go there. No. <laughs> Stay away. A light just lit up on an NSA board. Over your <laughs> right. Name, uh, Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> but I want to go see some silos. I think that would be awesome. But, you know, you got to be safe and use common sense. You got to be a coward. <laughs> and I, half jokingly, you know, you got to... That's why I don't ever want to go to those places by myself. Because you you'd never hear from me again. Just like that. God. Oh, we leave the pause in. Totally. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. That was spooky. That was perfect. <laughs> you ever shoot any abandoned places, Brennan? You, you've got to see some. Yeah, I've trespassed quite a few times. Okay. But that's getting edited out, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen... I've seen just your nature stuff, which is amazing. But I don't know that I've seen... Yeah, I don't post a lot. I mainly post my nature stuff. I shoot people, too. Which I don't post a lot of that either. Is that, but is that like commission? You're being paid to do that? A lot of it is, yeah. Okay. It's kind of hard to show that because that can be kind of boring. It bores me. Bores yeah. the crap out of me. But it makes some money. You got to do something. Yep, yep. I know that. What is this money you speak of? It's useful. It buys full frame cameras. Oh. Yeah, you got a couple, don't you? I do. <laughs> I've got a full frame camera. Brandon, you've got a full frame camera. Yeah, I do. Heisty, right you've got a full frame camera? No, I can't afford a full-frame camera. <laughs> Got to sell some more seeds, man. Yeah. The only camera I have is on my phone. Yeah. I can feel your glares. All of you. <laughs> Just shut his mic off. <laughs> oh, my God. That never occurred to me. I can do that. <laughs> you have the power, man. You have the power. And Brandon shuts his own mic off. <laughs> I've mixed them all up. I don't even know which one's which anymore. Uh, all right. Uh, how can people find you, Mike? Uh... <laughs> Go to the Loom on Saturday night <laughs> or Friday nights <laughs> or Friday House night. of Loom. What's your physical home address? Like, the Loom. Like the House loom. of Loom. My physical address? No, no. <laughs> Pretty much anything with a username shoot to fill. On Instagram, Flickr, YouTube, Twitter, shoot to fill. It's it's from an old public access joke, which is um it's sort of like we didn't we've, I'm like hey, if we ever do a James Bond opening for the show which we had no idea how to do We'd call it, you know, the episode shoot to fill. And then like it became when we had to, we couldn't run reruns anymore. We had to just shoot to fill time where we would just turn the camera on and think of something. Literally, I, I just followed my friend around his house screaming shoot to fill while he threw himself down the stairs. That filled 10 seconds. And that wasn't planned. <laughs> I wonder if that made it to air. I don't know. The tapes are gone. They're somewhere in the wilds of Portland. Hmm. Hmm. Portland. Why are they? We gave him to the somebody we know to do the show to make DVDs, and he disappeared. Oh, okay, gone forever. Possibly, yeah. I mean, like his family didn't even talk to him anymore. I mean, just disappeared. Just gone. Just huh? gone. Wow. Huh. So, but yeah, any any username shoot to fill the work. I don't I don't have a, a full website right now because I just kind of don't see the point. I'm I'm too busy as it is. So AOL, CompuServe, Prodigy.net, Prodigy. <laughs> Hotbot. I did when Google was down. I, I I did a hotbot search for what to do when Google is down. How'd that go? Not well. It said play solitaire. Minesweeper. Zork. Zork. <laughs> We're dating ourselves here. But strictly platonically. Of course. Speak for yourself. I would like to thank you all for listening today. Uh, my name is Janet Mills, and we were interviewing Mr. 
Go ahead. Mike Machian, uh, for a full transcript of today's proceedings, uh, send $5 to... Is that your address, Flash? <laughs> trying to get you money. <laughs> or learn to write really fast. <laughs> oh, man. I stole that joke. And I'm Michael Shookus. <laughs> and I'm Michael Peich. And I'm Brandon Engel. And that was the All Mike All the Time show. Thank you. <laughs> Not so fast. And then we and we exit. And you are? I said I was Janet Mills. Okay, well, say it again. People need to know. This was Repetition. Repetition. It works. I am Janet Mills. I am Janet Mills. We are Janet Mills. I am Janet Mills. This His was... name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> Brendan stopped recording 10 minutes ago. <laughs> he wishes he did. Yeah. No, he can't stop recording until and Janet says the magic words. <laughs> Say the magic words, Janet. Until next time, remember, where you come from is gone. Where you thought you were going to, we're never there. And where you are, ain't no good unless you can get away from it. True story. Do you know I like it. <laughs> <laughs>